She's Tori. And he's Nick. And this is I Want to Rewatch. An X-Files podcast. Episode 24. The Erlenmeyer Flask. So this is the season finale. Yay. So in this episode, Deep Throat calls Mulder and instructs him to watch a news broadcast. On the broadcast, a man has led police in a high-speed chase, and then he jumped into the harbor and is presumed dead. Mulder and Scully go to investigate, but they can't figure out what they're supposed to be looking for, even though stuff isn't quite adding up. And then clues lead them to a science lab, and the doctor who's working there is murdered. And they start to realize they're on the trail of something extraterrestrial. And it's something that somebody wants kept secret. Extraterrestrial and should be a secret. Hmm. Um, hmm. Aliens? I mean, it, it could be. That's what Mulder Yeah, maybe. I mean, it, I mean, it's probably like a, a stretch, but yeah, maybe, maybe aliens. I mean, on this show, probably not. You know, they don't really yeah. do aliens. No. Well, this is a myth arc <laughs> episode. So. <laughs> Which means all they do is aliens. So really. Or Howard Graves. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it could be Howard Graves. Could be. So this episode was written by Chris Carter. It was directed by R.W. Goodwin. He has been the co-executive producer on The X-Files since episode two, and he will remain with the series until 1998. He will end up directing every season finale through season five, and he'll also direct episode eight of season two and the season openers in seasons three, four, and five. So clearly he's directing a lot of really important episodes like the season premiere and the season finale, which are always usually really big. And also he lives in Bellingham, Washington, which is pretty close to me. It's like a couple hours north, maybe like an hour and a half, two hours. So should get him on the podcast. I know, right? Come on down, buddy. Well, not right now when COVID's over or we could Zoom or something. Yeah. Don't have him in your house. Just, yeah, Zoom. Just go hang out in front of his house with a sign that says, please be on my podcast and wait till the police come and drag me away. Stalk him on the internet and then ask him to be on our podcast. <laughs> there you go. I don't know. <laughs> and then just be like, hey, here, here's a Zoom link. Let's be on the podcast. Oh, sure. Um, Do it like a normal person. Yeah. Also, his wife is the actress who plays Scully's mother. Yeah, she was in uh, Beyond the Sea. Yeah. yeah. And I think she'll be in future episodes as well. So we'll see her okay. again. So this episode was filmed in Vancouver and Burnaby, British Columbia. Its original air date was Friday, May 13th, 1994. And it had a viewership of 14.0 million people in the United States, which is the highest viewership of season one. Woo! Go X-Files! Yep. Everyone was in for that season finale business. Season finale? I haven't watched the whole series but i'll watch the season finale sure <laughs> maybe yeah. people caught up on reruns and stuff they're like oh maybe oh maybe like all those numbers for reruns are people who hadn't watched it before and like no one who had watched it watched <laughs> reruns and so that's why the numbers are, that would make the math correct but anyway yeah <laughs> so we start the episode and it's basically a car chase it's a car being chased by a cop car and they do the jump over a big hill and they're driving through a warehouse district and the car manages to squeeze past the truck that's backing up and then the cop car is like oh that's stopping they have to go around the truck so they give them a little bit of time but then the car ends up driving into like a dead end near a dock 
not brilliant. And so he tries to turn around, which of course then the cop car catches him and he gets out and he tries to climb a fence, but boom, cop hits him in the knee. He falls on the ground. They start beating him with sticks. Pow, 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 pow. And then some more cops drive up, but he grabs one of the batons and like whacks a cop and whacks another cop. And another cop runs up and he whacks him. And another cop pulls out a taser in his chest. And he's like, uh, and he pulls the tasers out and throws them on the ground. And then he runs away. And so the cop pulls out a real gun, choom, 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 shoots him in the back a couple times. And then the dude dives in the water and he doesn't come back up. And the cop's like, dude, I know I hit him because he was running away. That's what we do. We're police. We hit people who are running away. and But they can't find him. And there's green stuff on the ledge. And he's like, oh, look, there's um, that would be blood normally, but that's not blood. And then X-Files, X-Files, X-Files. Oh my gosh, did you see that? See what? At the end of the theme song, it doesn't say the truth is out there. It says lies, lies, lies. <laughs> it says trust no one. Oh. It's Max. He's communicating from beyond. Maybe. I don't know. Possibly. Perhaps. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, it's different. It says trust no one instead of the truth is out there. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Almost as if we should maybe trust no one. Yeah. Anyway, so the uh, the car chase is not a very good car chase in this episode. They didn't really edit it very well. And then one soon they come up and there's some like crates stacked up on an alley. And you're like, I'm just waiting for them to hit. You knew they were going to hit the crates. Oh, like, yeah. They were totally going to hit the crates. <laughs> but like the editing was like, the car is like way far away from the crates. And then he's like driving and looking around. And then he's like, boom, he runs into the crates. You're like, well, how did that happen? You weren't even near the crates. But yeah. <laughs> the cops are portrayed pretty accurately for 1994, I gotta say. So, yeah. Yeah. So interesting trivia about this, because we do have a car chase in this episode, starts out exactly five weeks after the original air date of this episode, the infamous O.J. Simpson white Bronco chase was broadcast live on June 17th, 1994. Ooh, that's good trivia. Yeah. That warms my little true crime loving heart to know that. Yep. Oh, it was a fr- I, I double checked. And I was like, wait, when was that? Because at first I was like, I mean, before I started, I was like, oh, they're starting with a car chase. I wonder if this is going to be like a OJ chase. And it wasn't. But then I was like, okay, I'm still curious. Like, when was the OJ Simpson thing? And it was like, oh. And then I looked at it, it was exactly five weeks. It was a Friday. Oh, wow. So, yeah. I was did, like, oh, that's cool. I'm going to put that in the podcast. Yeah. Did you watch that live? I know I did because, like, we were watching I think TV. I, saw, I think I saw some of it. I think I was actually working. I was yeah. working in the bookstore then. So I think I saw it. Like, I don't think I saw it live. I think people came in talking about it. And then, like, of course, it was on, you know, television, like, right. basically nonstop forever. And so I saw it, but I don't think I saw it live. Yeah, I think because it was a summer day. I'm pretty sure we were out of school by then. And so, like, I remember watching it because I remember, like, it just kind of came on every channel. (laughs) And so it was like you couldn't really get away from it. And then you're like, oh, whoa, car chase. So then, of course, like, you know, me and my brother's, like, making popcorn, watching this car chase, going, what's going to happen? This is so weird. The slowest car chase Oh, yeah, it was, it was, (laughs) oh, my gosh. Please, if you're into this stuff, watch Made in America. It's like an ESPN documentary about O.J. Simpson. It is so, so good. But it's just, the whole car chase thing is just, is so absurd. And, like, the way that it ends up being resolved is just, like, it's, you know, like, they just, it's such a, just a weird, the whole situation was so weird because he was, like, supposed to turn himself in and then didn't. And, like, 
Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's it's super fascinating. So I won't yeah. derail Despite the podcast. Despite the fact what you lot, might but... think, you hear about a black man committing the crime and the police chasing him. It's actually the exact opposite. It's definitely a case of like, oh, it's a celebrity. Right. How are we going to handle that? Well, there's a lot not. of stuff in that documentary oh. about how like OJ tried to separate himself from the black community and like, oh yeah, he was friends with the cops not. and. Yeah. So, like, the cops were all friends with him, and so, like, they all thought it was cool to hang out with OJ, and so, like, obviously, like, he got coddled a lot more than most yeah, people. Yeah, there's a whole situation. lot of <laughs> racial stuff that goes on with that, and then with the trial. Oh, it's a hot how, mess. Like, and how, like, people, like, the black community really didn't claim OJ because he was looked as, like, you know, he was, you know, sucking up to white people all the time. But then once he went to trial, it was like, oh, look what they're doing to the black man. And it was just, there's a lot of weird dynamics in that whole thing. Yeah yeah aside from just the case itself oh yeah there's so much that went on justice was not really served unfortunately but that's a whole nother podcast in fact kim goldman has a really great podcast about that she's the sister of um ron goldman who was killed by oj allegedly (laughs) presumably i think we could probably we could probably drop the allegedly yeah yeah i don't want to get sued but yeah anyway (laughs) so then we get a timestamp, like with an actual date which i'm sure made you very happy i know that's something you really enjoy yeah it was a weird timestamp though because they actually give a date and then the rest episode all they do is times but yet multiple days pass and so they don't really i know you're you're supposed to count i guess they don't have any consistency (laughs) with how they're doing these like place and time things that they show us it's so all over the place i think they just need to be like because i think it's like a cop show trope to do that and so i think that's why they adopted it was to give it that sense of like realism but they just kind of like randomly do it (laughs) yeah but we do learn that it is sunday may 8th 1994 which was probably mother's day or it might not have been that year, but it might have been Mother's no, Day. I think, well, is Mother's Day the second or the third? It's usually the Sunday. second. So it probably, okay, so it could have possibly been. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, Sunday, oh, May 8th, no. 1994. Mulder's like half asleep on the sofa and the television's playing and he gets a phone call and it's Deep Throat. And Deep Throat asks him if he's watching Channel 8. And so Mulder turns to Channel 8 and on the broadcast... They're reporting about this car chase that we saw in the opening and the suspect who leapt into the harbor. And so Mulder pulls out a VHS tape and throws it in the VCR and hits record so he can record the broadcast. And the reporter starts to interview the police captain, but then he kind of gets pulled away. And the camera pans over this group of men in like suits. They're all like in three-piece suits. They look kind of out of place on the edge of this harbor at this crime scene. Yeah. So it was Mother's Day. I could just do the math. <laughs> the episode aired on the 13th, so it would be five days. Yeah. And that would be the set. So it was a Mother's Day. Okay. Well, I don't know if it was a Mother's Day, but it was the second Sunday. Right. So to be Mother's Day. And Mulder was, well, maybe Mulder was kind of not watching because he was asleep, but he was watching The Journey of the Sin of the Earth starring Pat Boone and James Mason. Okay. At least I'm pretty sure that's what it is. I didn't actually look it up because I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure that that was Journey of the Sin of the Earth. They are talking about like lava and shit. So. Yeah. I, Kind of was like, I knew it was something that I should recognize, and I totally did not recognize it, so I didn't know. I did have to double back, because as the scene progresses, we get away from the TV, but we can hear the dialogue from the TV, and I'm like, dude, that dude sounds like James Mason, and so I had to rewind, and it was James Mason, just like like a youngish James Mason, so. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Pre-Salem's lot, so. So then we're in the X-Files office, and Mulder has the tape of the broadcast, and he's re-watching it, and Scully is like, you've watched it a million times, like, what are you hoping to find? And he doesn't know. He doesn't have any idea what he's looking for. He's just watching to figure out what he's supposed to be finding. And then he kind of pauses the frame on the group of men in suits. And he like he has this cool, 
like thing that can print screenshots from the TV or the VCR, which is pretty cool technology for 1994. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. So he like presses them. And it's pretty fast too. Yeah. Kicks them out. Like like IDs print slower than that. Like if I have to create a new idea at work. So yeah, yeah. it's it's a really nice printer. So he just like hits a button and it prints out that frame. And then Scully asks if Deep Throat said anything else about why the broadcast is significant or why the suspect was and you know he didn't and then she asked why the suspect was being chased and Mulder says apparently he failed to pull over for a moving violation which is you know <laughs> suspicious because you know if you don't pull over for I mean there are valid reasons not to do that but like it's not a real reason to jump in the harbor you know unless you're hiding something so it's suspicious but it's not super weird and Mulder's convinced there's got to be something that they're missing because like the broadcast seems, it's a pretty typical news story. Nothing seems super suspicious. And Scully thinks Deep Throat's just kind of messing with Mulder. Yeah. She does say that he's watched it a hundred times. Okay. So not a million. Business. Yeah. Just because I'm going to bring that up. In a but a hundred is a so, lot. <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah. So we cut to the harbor and Mulder and Scully are interviewing the police captain. And he says he doesn't know who the man in the photo that Mulder printed because Mulder printed out one of the guys who was like a civilian because they a non-uniform person. He's like, that's why would this guy, he was like, there was a zoo. There were like four different agencies here last night. And so Mulder asked him about the body since the suspect was shot and probably drowned. And they're looking out over the harbor and there's a diving team out there on a boat and they're searching the harbor for it. And he's like, oh, it's been like 18 hours, I think is what he says. How come you haven't found it yet? And he's like, well, there's cables and debris in the harbor. So finding a body can be tough work. And then the captain's like, so tell me, like, you know, with all the agencies we had here, like, why is the FBI interested in this case? Why do you, why does the FBI even care? And so Mulder lies and says, like, oh, he's a suspect who fits a description for someone we're looking for. And the captain's like, oh, really? Because we didn't release a description of the suspect. And so Mulder's like, um, can we look at the car? And the captain's like, yeah, it's in the, uh, where do they keep cars? I forget what that's called. Oh, like an uh, impound lot? In the impound lot, yeah. So he's like, you can go look at it there. And so then they're looking at it from the broadcast that Mulder took. And like, you can't, you can see most of this license plate. I think there's like, it's like a six number license plate, numbers and letters. And they're like, the front two are missing. Basically, you can see the last four. And so why didn't like try to trace it already? I don't know. But he's like, oh, you can't really see the license plate. And then he's like, and then he looks at something and he sees the windshield and turns out the windshield of the car in the photo doesn't match the windshield of the car that's in the impound lot, which is apparently a rental car, supposedly. And like the rental company didn't even know it was missing. So they realized it's not the same car. And so we find out that now Mulder is lying to cops. So Scully is a bad influence. because Scully <laughs> like lies on police reports all the time. And then we also get a direct Silence of the Lambs reference. We do, yeah. to the cop. He's like, why is the FBI even interested in this? It's not like this is the Silence of the Lamb or anything, but you know, we try. So, yeah. I thought that was funny, actually. <laughs> yeah. I just explicitly say that you're kind of doing some Silence of the Lamb stuff periodically on this show. Yeah. So, I mean, good job. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just yeah. have thoughts. So, Silence of the Lambs is doing like it's. It takes a lot of stuff from real stuff from real crimes as well. So, I know. Anyway, but I'm just saying. But yeah, I know the show does have a, especially in the pilot. I feel like it has less of a Silence of the Lambs vibe in this episode. But oh yeah, definitely not in this episode. No, no, no. I'm just yeah. I mean, but what was it? A uh... pilot. It definitely did have that bit of that. Well, and beyond the and beyond, and the, beyond sea. the sea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beyond the sea. And and. and tombs a little bit yeah a little bit i mean but yeah 
It seems like there was another one too that was pilot of, pilot of the Lambsies. No, that's not a <laughs> thing. I don't know where I'm going. I'm gonna shut up now. Bye. Um, so back at the X Files office, Scully tells Mulder that the car on the sticker's windshield is a symbol called a. Oh my god! I learned how to say this, and no, I can't remember. It's a caduceus it's a doctor symbol it's a caduceus i think and yeah it's basically been adopted by the ama the american medical association so it's a symbol that like only a doctor or someone in the healthcare profession would probably have on their car and they'd probably have it on their car either for pride or for like a specific reason to like get into a hospital or parking lot or something so anyway the reason like the person who owns the car that was in the original broadcast is probably a doctor or a medical professional of some sort and the license plate is different, but they couldn't make out the whole thing. So then Mulder calls his old friend, Danny. Danny's the guy who helped him out in Conduit, who helped translate the ones and zeros that the little boy had drawn. And he asked him to run the plate or the partial plate. And then he doesn't know why they switched cars, but obviously if they're switching cars, there's something that someone wants to hide. Yeah. And kind of just here they say the plate was different. They didn't say that when they were looking at the car, though. We don't see it. Like, they're just like, oh, look at the sticker on the window. Like, I would have thought you would have said that right then and there when they're trying to figure out what's going on in the car. Because, like, he's standing right in front of the car. He could look at the license plate and know the last four are different. But Yeah, I'm kind of surprised whoever switched the cars didn't switch the plates also. It feels like that would be a really yeah. basic thing to do. But maybe well, they didn't. Yeah, I was going to say, well, maybe they don't have the car, but I guess they would have the car. So, because the car was there. Yeah, so. I don't know. Yeah, like the whole time, like Mulder's talking to Danny and stuff and trying to get a trace on it. Like Scully just keeps like, go, she's looking super serious and she's like just going back and forth through the slow-mo of the video with the license plate. Like like it's magically going to appear in whole. And then earlier she was complaining about Mulder watching it like a hundred times. So I thought that was like kind of funny. Just like, oh, okay, yeah. Well, now she's looking for something specific. Mulder was just watching it with no... Because he was looking for something specific. He just knew what it was. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> so then we are at MGen Corporation in Gaithersburg. I'm making tell you say that Maryland. <laughs> so Mulder and Scully visit Doctor Brube. He's messing with some beak. Well, he's not messing with some beakers. He's handling beakers <laughs> in one of those contamination. Tori's notes are sometimes interesting. So he's messing with some beakers. In he, I said now he said he's missing. Oh my god. Okay. So anyway, he's got his hand in one of those machines where like you put your hands in gloves and you're in an enclosed box and there's beakers in there and he's like putting caps on some of them and doing stuff right and behind him there's a bunch of monkeys in some serious looking cages like heavy duty cages and so Mulder and Scully walk in they're like hi we're FBI we're gonna talk to you and Mulder asks him if he's aware that his car was involved in a high speed chase because they've traced the car from a broadcast to him and everybody's like, what? I, I wasn't aware of that. What are you, what are you saying? So he gets some clarification. And I'm like, yeah, it was, and he's like, oh, well, yeah, that is my car. But sometimes my housekeeper uses it. But I wasn't aware it was missing. And so Scully, meanwhile, is like sticking her fingers in the monkey cages and like wrapping on it. And then one of the monkeys freaks out and he lunges at Scully. And Brube gets all angry. So like, you don't set the monkeys. They need to be very calm. They're part of an experiment. Because like, this is a lab. Sticking your fingers in monkey cages. And so Mulder's like, well, well, what's your experiment? And he's like, I think I've answered enough of the questions for the FBI. I think you should leave. And uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't, 
I don't know. I was like, Scully, what are you doing? Don't stick your fingers in random animal cages. And oh my God. And she's like, I thought they looked friendly. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. Like Dr. Scully, knower of all things science, except for the like like the basic common rule, like when you go to an animal shelter, it's like don't put your fingers in the cage. And so I'm assuming like a laboratory has like stricter rules. Yeah, that, I don't but... know why. I don't know what she was thinking. I mean, she did think they were friendly, but like I don't know why you would think that. And I don't know why yeah. you would st- even if you thought they were yeah. friendly. I mean, and she didn't really stick her fingers in there. She kind of like wrapped the cage with her yeah. fingers. And then like the monkey was like, like, like lunged at her. To grab her. Yeah. And like also like poor monkeys, like monkeys shouldn't be. I know. Yeah. I know. That's poor monkeys. Cool. Especially when we find out what they're doing. Yeah. Oh. yeah. But yeah, Scully, come up with the hell. <laughs> so in the hall, like Scully's looking at her hand and Mulder asks her if the monkey bit her. And she says, no, but he tried to. Which is a lie. He tried to grab your finger because you stuck it in his cage. Oh, God. Scully. And she's know. all butthurt looking, too. I'm like, no, you messed up. I mean, maybe she really likes monkeys. And she was excited to make a monkey friend. <laughs> now, now she's God. been rejected. And, she and it's not like they were. And those aren't like the standard cages. Like you go to like the animal shelter. They're, those were heavy duty. I know. Like reinforced cages. Like <laughs> honestly, I'm surprised they have openings at all that you could stick your fingers. Well, because otherwise you wouldn't be able to like stick your fingers in. <laughs> so anyway, Mulder wants to interview Baruby's housekeeper, and Scully basically at this point is done. She flat out refuses. She says they're chasing down clues without any idea of what they're looking for or why they're following up on this. They have no idea who Deep Throat is or what he wants. So, I mean, this is just like a wild goose chase. And they don't even know what the point of it is. So she's done. And Mulder argues that Deep Throat is in a delicate position. Because, like, he has information and he wants Mulder to have information. But he can't, like, directly give it to him. Or he only has, like, tips and he can only give Mulder directions to get places. And so, like, he can't be super candid. And Scully thinks that he's just toying with Mulder and this is some kind of game. So she's out. Yeah, Mulder's like, do you think he gets off on that? She's like, no, I think he knows that you get off on right, it. Right, like, exactly. Yeah, dramatic change of attitude by Scully again. Like, I don't think like, it is, though. I think I it's, like, it's oh, kind well, of her... I can't stick my finger in monkey cages <laughs> and I'm done with this investigation. This yeah, I mean, she's obviously upset <laughs> that she can't have a monkey friend now. But yeah. I think she understands that Mulder will follow any... An investigation has switched cars. That wouldn't merit investigation. Like, what are they trying to hide? Yeah, like, I agree. That's true. That is kind of a big thing. And, you know, but I think she's frustrated because, like, this guy keeps giving Mulder these, like, clandestine tips. Last time he gave them a tip, they ended up chasing a big rig across the country and being escorted out of a federal facility without really getting anything out of it and so i think she's just kind of like wary of deep throat and then where this could lead because she knows Mulder will keep tugging at any loose thread that there exists like he'll just keep going oh he's gonna keep going yes so. he will yeah. so speaking of going Mulder arrives at his home so he's back at his apartment he's out front he parks in front and deep throat is like lingering outside his building and he's like I think your level of commitment has seems to have diminished, Mr. Mulder. And he's all just, <laughs> and he's upset Mulder's quitting. And Mulder's like, look, we don't have enough info. We're, we ran out of leads. We hit a dead end. And then he gets kind of mad. And like, <laughs> it's kind of funny how like he defends Deep Throat to Scully. And I totally get it. But then like immediately basically turns on him and says the exact same thing that Scully was saying. And he's like, you need to cut the Obi-Wan Kenobi crap. Like, just give me direct information. 
And Deep Throat's like, you can't give up on this one. You're, you've never been closer. And Mulder's like, closer to what? And then Deep Throat, of course, walks away. So, yeah. It's very, I doubt your commitment to sparkle motion, Mr. Mulder. Yeah, I don't get that. Like, I understand what you're saying, but I don't know that reference. Oh, so. it's, I doubt your commitment to sparkle motion is Donnie Darko, which is not a good movie. But, like, oh, that little yeah, line that. got stuck in our, like, cultural lexicon i guess when i was that age and so that's just a thing that like i say all the time like i doubt your commitment to sparkle motion okay and so it, it definitely has that feeling of like yeah that's one of those movies that i think probably people i assume i have seen but i've never seen yeah i mean it's one of those movies that like had a really big cult following but then like when you really think about it it's not that good hmm. <laughs> although i haven't seen it in like 15 years so what the hell do i know yeah i will say so in fairness I will say, like, Mulder also here has quite a dramatic change of attitude, possibly because his would-be girlfriend is mad at him. And so he's going to be mad at Deep Throat. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not going to get any root beer, okay? Yeah, I mean, I think, and you know, it's like when you have a fight with a friend and they're, like, mad because of something stupid. And then, you you know, you, like, see their point, but you don't want to admit it. And then... (laughs) You get back home and like someone's at home and then you end up having the same fight with them, but you take the other side because you get the point, but like, you're just, you understand why they're angry, but like, you don't want to express that to that friend. So you end up expressing it to the other person. I mean, I have no experience with that because I'm never wrong. Oh, that's true. I don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm wrong all the time. So this is the thing that happens. Yeah. So then we're back at Ruby's lab and he's working late because he's a dedicated scientist. And who doesn't put fingers in monkey cages. And he's looking through a microscope. And he hears a noise. And he kind of looks up. And there's like no one there. So he goes back to his microscope. But then like someone comes in and stands in the shadows. And he's like working late tonight doctor. And Dr. Brewer is like what do you want? I already talked to the FBI. And the guy says he's alive isn't he? Has he contacted you? And then, actually, Dr. Bruby says he's already answered the FBI's questions. And the guy steps out into the light, and we see that it's the ununiformed guy from the video of the news report that Mulder had printed a photo out of. So it's the same dude. And he's obviously evil because when Dr. Bruby doesn't want to talk to him, he beats on the monkey cages and starts scaring them. So the man asks where Dr. Sakar is. So we're assuming Dr. Sakar is the man that everyone is looking for. The suspect that was driving the car. And Brubay's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then, so we get a scene of monkeys freaking out in their cages and we hear some noises, which I thought were like silencer, like, like, you know, sound effects, like toot, 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 like three times, maybe four times. We're going to find out that it probably wasn't that. Maybe he was getting hit by beakers or something. But anyway, he kills the doctor, basically is what happens. And then, so meanwhile, at the harbor, divers are coming out of the water and they're giving a big thumbs down because they're not finding any bodies. And so they're like, all right, fine. The captain's there. And he's like, we're cutting this off. It's gone on long enough. And so everyone gets on the boat, divers and everything, and the boat speeds away. And as the boat speeds away, then in the wake of the water, there's some bubbles and a head pops up out of the water. And it's the guy that had jumped in the water at least a few days ago. And he's watching them leave. And he's just like hovering in the water too. He doesn't like swimming at all. Just like, it's almost like you're standing on a platform or something. Who knows? But <laughs> I was thinking about how much money that scene probably cost and how they probably could have shot that scene without using any of the boat diver stuff and been just as effective. But X-Files. So. Yeah. Well, you know, 
Got to show Fox that you're worth the money to produce. Yeah, I mean, because they did have the boat and the divers earlier, but that was a daytime scene, and this is a nighttime scene. So they probably could have saved some money by, like, not doing the nighttime scene and just had, like, the guy, like, on the radio. Okay, fine, we're going to shut it down. And then we just, like, see the dude in the water. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you get, like, something to make, like, waves in the water, and then the guy kind of lifts his head up out of the water. And that would have been just as effective, I think. Yeah, that's true. So, Scully is reading the report on Barube's death, and we see photos of Barube's body kind of, like, interspersed, like, in black and white in, like, the trash lab, which is kind of weird. It's, I don't know, it's kind of awkward. Yeah, he's just laying on the ground, he's got a cool scarf. And then, according to the report, Barube trashed his own lab, tied medical gauze to a gas outlet, like, that was on a tank that was secured so it wouldn't move, and jumped out the window, which... Oh, so that wasn't a scarf. No. And it's like, it's medical gauze, but it's like high grade, like hardy fabric. Like they show it. It's not the kind of gauze that would just like rip apart. Um, But Mulder doesn't believe it because like Baruby kept the lab and he says, quote, like he was waiting for good housekeeping. So like he doesn't believe that this guy would trash the place. And it's, it's pretty unusual to hang yourself and jump out a window. Like that's kind of overkill. Like he's like seven or eight stories up. That's, you know, you don't need to do both. Baruby was working on the human genome, and so Mulder pulls a flask of something out of, like, a, I don't know if it's like a cooler or a freezer, and on the bottom, it's labeled purity fluid, and it's kind of like this brownish liquid, and he asks Scully to figure out what it is, and Scully's like, if this is monkey pee, you're on your own. Like, she's, she's there, but, like, yeah. you know. If that was monkey pee, they need to give those monkeys more water. Yes. It was a little, it was like tea, basically. And I think but, she was just joking, but yeah, yeah, it was. But, I mean, but I mean, it, it could have been. I mean, it was, it was a color that urine could be, so. Just should yeah. not be, but yes. Just, yeah, normally should not be. So, I guess those weren't silencer shots because they don't make any mention of, like, bullet holes in the body. So, yeah, maybe he was getting hit by beakers or something. Yeah. I don't know. But, yeah. So, it's Scully's turn to touch evidence barehanded because she, like, touches the part where the gauze is tied. Like, she actually touches the thing the gauze is tied to. Like, good job, Scully. Like, that's going to mess up Prince. But then, like, Mulder, Mulder's like, uh-uh, I'm going to start just, he's, like, randomly picking up stuff like he's in a thrift store. Oh, what's this? Oh, what's this? Oh, let me let me open all these things. And, oh, what's for dinner? Oh, oh look, purity fluid. Cool. Maybe so. CSI has already processed the scene. <laughs> I, I hope. I hope. Like, good. But then also, he's like, "Oh, look at this! I think I'm gonna take it with me. See you later, bye." Like, I know. Stole it. Like, but oh, like, boy. it's also being processed as a suicide, which means that it's very unlikely that the cops are bothering to take much evidence either. Oh, uh, it's just. Uh, yeah, but no, it's not great policing. Definitely. The monkeys are all gone, though. I wonder what happened to the monkeys because oh, the monkeys yeah. are gone. Like, all the cages are open, and the monkeys are gone. Oh, so, I just realized what probably happened to the monkeys, and I got really sad. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, because I doubt they're like, oh, there's a dead guy. Let's take the monkeys and put them in a new lab. Those monkeys were probably no. taken away when those monkeys were probably taken away by the killer because they're evidence yeah. and they were yeah. probably not allowed to live. Probably not. Which based that's on, um the fact that people aren't allowed to live. So. Very depressing. Anyway. Yeah. So then it's <laughs> six thirty PM. Boom. Timestamp. Don't know what day it is. Probably like the, <laughs> at this point, probably like the 10th or the 11th, I, I'm guessing. Right. So, of May. And Mulder pulls up to a house and rings the doorbell and no one answers. So he like starts going through the mail that's in the mailbox and he's at Dr. Baruby's house and he's always looking at his mail. 
And then he puts the mail back. Thankfully, he doesn't steal the mail. because That's a federal crime. <laughs> and he then finds a window that he can open and he goes in. Cool. I mean, he's an FBI agent investigating. Probably. Yeah, that's not illegal. That's not unlawful entry with no warrant or anything. That's, that's maybe he heard cool. a he heard a scream. <laughs> I, heard, I heard a noise. I had to go find out what's going on. <laughs> yeah. So, Artist Maryland, which is what's on the address of the mail that he finds for Doctor Berube, Artist Maryland, and there's a street address. Unsurprisingly, given the fact that it has a six-digit zip code, Artist Maryland is fake. There is no Artist Maryland. There is, though, an artist group LLC at 8417 Freedom Court in Columbia, Maryland, 21045. Huh. Just in case. I don't know if they're related. Gaithersburg, however you say that, is actually a real city, though. Okay. And just because I like to look everything up, Maryland's <laughs> zip codes run from 20588 to 21930, non-continuously, obviously, not all the numbers are included. So, cool. yeah. Little zip code trivia. Yeah. Yeah. So if you see six zip codes, it's fake, just so you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Any six digit zip codes, not real. So then we're at the Georgetown University Microbiology Lab. And Scully, well, Mulder's breaking into the house. Scully is having the flask's contents analyzed. The technician says at first glance, it just appears to be some kind of bacteria specimen. And the technician is Dr. Cooper? Dr. Carpenter. Carpenter. I didn't write her name down while I was in this part, and then I put it later. She's Ann Carpenter. And she kind of asks Scully where she got it. And Scully gets cagey. And she's like, oh, it was uh, recovered at a crime scene. And she does this look on her face where her eyes are like totally shifted to the side. And it is like, the I'm most, lying to you. <laughs> it is the most shifty look. I mean, it's pretty great. I mean, it's a better job than Mulder did. But yeah. It's, yeah. And so the tech is just like, well, the stuff is the size of bacteria, but they're not really like any bacteria I've ever seen. So, like, how about we do a freeze fracture, and then we can kind of see what's inside these guys. And Scully's like, cool, sounds great. Yeah. And Dr. Carpenter is played by, I can't remember the actress's name, but it's someone, like, when you see her, you're like, oh, she's, like, in everything. She yeah. was in everything. So She did have a very familiar face. Yeah. I believe she played Ken Wall's sister or something in the the tv show wise guy which i watched a lot of in the late 80s so oh nice anyway yeah so now it's 7 45 so we get another timestamp. so it's been an hour and 15 minutes since Mulder broke into dr bruby's house and he's looking through dr bruby's home office so he's been there for like over an hour and he's just barely looking through the dude's desk like did he make dinner what is he doing <laughs> i don't know what you're doing, Mulder. You've been there like for almost an hour and a half. So while he's looking through stuff, he finds a phone bill. And so he opens it up and he's looking. There's a number that's called a lot. And so he calls Danny up on Barube's like landline, like the same phone bill that he's looking at that like traces calls that so you can have an idea of like who exactly you're calling. He uses that number to call Danny, who is looking stuff up for him probably not on the official line and so that's a good job Mulder that's some meta good detective skills but anyway so while he's talking to Danny to run a trace on the number that's on the bill multiple times a van pulls up outside and Mulder doesn't see it because he goes back to the window and it's the same man that killed Berube and was in that photo and then 
So while he's waiting for Danny to call him back, the phone rings. And at the same time, the guy has a big spike mic and headphones. And he points it at the house and he's got his headphones on. And so Mulder's answers. And it turns out that on the phone is the guy who is missing that everyone's looking for. So Mulder kind of, he doesn't really pretend to be Dr. Berube. He just like pretends like he is, but doesn't like try to do like the voice or anything. He's just like, oh yeah, hey, guy who probably knows what this guy's voice sounds like. You're not <laughs> going to realize it's not him. And so he's like, like, where, you know, where are you and stuff like that. And so the man says like, he's, he jumped from the harbor and he was in the water for three days, like underwater, breathing underwater. And Mulder's like, where are you? And he's like, I'm really hurt. I need help. And he's like, well, where are you? Where are you? And so we get a shot. The guy has like green goo coming out of all his like bullet holes. And then he's like, oh, and he collapses. He's at a phone booth. And so a passerby who's walking down the sidewalk sees the guy collapse. And so he runs over there and he picks up the receiver and he's like, this man is hurt. I'm going to call an ambulance and then hangs up on Mulder. And Mulder's like, ah, so then Danny calls Mulder back and the phone rings. But at the same time, the guy in the van is like, oh, I heard what I want to know and puts his stuff away and leaves. And so Danny's like, because he's like, don't hang up because he thinks it's the other guy calling back, but it's actually Danny. And so Danny's telling him that the number belongs to Zoo Storage, 1616 Pandora Street. And meanwhile, while Mulder's getting to write it down, he turns around and he sees the van leaving. So maybe he realizes something's going on. So I don't know why the guy didn't stick around because he obviously heard the phone ring. Like the phone rings and Mulder picks up and then the guy's like, oh, yeah, I'm done here. And like, why wouldn't you listen? It could have been something else you might want to know about. Yeah, I, I thought that was kind of interesting, too, that he doesn't stick around. Yeah, because timing wise. Yeah, he he's, he's still listening when the phone rings the second time. You might as so. well just find out what's going on. What if it's the guy calling back? Maybe it's something else that's pertinent. Like, why not just wait two more minutes? But yeah. The van um, says Abramwitz, Abramouts. It's like A-B-R-A-M-O-W-T-T-S, which looks weird. You're like, that's obviously a typo, but it's actually a real name that people have. I don't know what it is. It's like residential and commercial. So some kind of like business, I it's guess. It's just a vague, yeah. vague businessman. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, storage facility on Pandora Street. What could go wrong? Oh, nice. Go I in totally there? did not catch that. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's zoo storage on Pandora <laughs> Street. That, yeah, that's going to be good. That's <laughs> going to go well. Let's go there and open it up. <laughs> oh, dear. So then in the ambulance, two EMTs are trying to treat this guy. Um, this is a doctor. We haven't gotten, have we gotten his name yet? I think the guy. Yeah, we did. We did. And I couldn't remember because it's not Dr. in there. So Sikare. that's why I was just like the uh, suspects. Yeah. So his Dr. Sakar is the suspect who jumped into the harbor, who's been underwater for three days, who has green group oozing out of him. And in the ambulance, two EMTs are treating him and they're speeding towards the hospital. And one of the guys has a headset. So he's like talking to probably like a doctor at the hospital or something. And the person on the headset's like, you need to vent the pressure in his chest. So the EMT grabs a needle and like pierces the skin. And he's going to like start pulling up on the syringe to like get some of the stuff out of his lungs or whatever. No, it's got like an airflow thing. On oh, it was an airflow thing. Okay. Cause so it actually vent. is to like vent it. Yeah. So okay, it's, cool. It's a, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I'm not a medical person. So <laughs> he poked something into his chest it was sharp and then all of a sudden the guy starts emitting this weird like gas and it causes the emts to kind of like they're like what is that and then they start of like pass out and the ambulance like kind of pulls over to the side of the road and like almost hits a phone pole and the driver like stumbles out of the car so like whatever yeah. this guy is like emitting is like clearly toxic and so then the fugitive like kind of 
I call him a fugitive. It's Dr. Sakar. He like pulls all the stuff off and like stumbles out of the ambulance. Yeah, because he's basically unconscious until they like needle him. And then when the gas comes out, it must have worked and it helped. And then he was like woke up and was like, oh, and then everyone's like ah, rubbing their eyes and then passing out. And he's like, oh, get this needle out of me. And then he like, yeah, stumbles out. Yeah. Yeah. So he's got green smoothie coming out of his abdomen. But then he also has like red wounds on his chest because like his shirt's open because obviously EMTs were working on him. And it's like, but he has like green blood, but then he has like red blood on his chest i don't know yeah i don't know what those are for why he has abdomen wounds at all because he was shot in the back yeah i don't know why does he have a wound on his abdomen i don't know but yeah and like only one emt is wearing gloves in the ambulance and it's the guy who's actually not like touching the body and injecting him with a needle so oh dear yeah Yeah. that's awesome yeah so then scully calls Mulder and she tells him she has something the substance is like a bacteria with a virus inside it that also contains chloroplasts like a plant would have. And Baruby was cloning these bacteria. And she says that the only reason to put a virus inside a bacteria would be to inject it into a living creature. And the lab that she's at is about to run some cultures and do kind of a DNA test on the bacteria. And Scully emphasizes that this is really strange. This is not something that, like, it doesn't, there doesn't seem to be any, like, practical reason for this. And also the fact that it contains chloroplasts and a virus is just super weird. And Mulder pulls up to zoo storage and he's basically like, keep up the good work. And he's going to get off the phone and go investigate the storage unit. Yeah. So I guess I wasn't wrong on the green smoothie thing because it's like plant stuff. So he's got, he's got like uh, broccoli soup inside of him yeah it's gross all right he's, he's a broccoli guy he's a broccoli villain anyway so Mulder is looking through the keys that he took from Ruba. he's inside the storage facility and he's like looking and one has a number on it and so he starts looking for the corresponding unit like during the scene when he's looking at his keys they use that i don't know what it's actually called but use that i call it like perspective zoom where like nobody moves but like the the background like distance itself from the foreground kind of thing like where it stretches and make the distance look like all spooky and yeah that wasn't necessary anyway (laughs) so he goes inside the unit and inside are like these giant aquariums basically there's six of them and inside are people we're assuming people they could be clones they could be i don't know maybe alien human hybrids who knows and they're all hooked <laughs> up to monitors and they're submerged in water except for one that's empty and then while Mulder's looking at all the stuff because they got like you know computers are all hooked up to them they got tubes and all that kind of stuff and so they're in there and then when Mulder's looking at them one of them one one of the people in the tanks moves ooh, just like readjusting like he's sleeping and like you know you got to roll over a little bit so and then Mulder's like oh my god so yeah they're all dudes in they the tanks there's no women i don't know if they're supposed to be the same dude um i think we'll find out later they're not supposed to be but no. i mean like one of the tanks is empty so could be all like clones or something we don't know we'll yeah at out. that point i have to say my honest reaction to this was like holy crap like it was very like oh what is happening here like and i know like i've seen this episode before it's been a very long time but and it's supposed to be kind of shocking and it actually did 
kind of shock me because they're people they're not just like suspended like you might see in like a sci-fi movie like they're in water tanks and like it's just really weird it's really creepy and so it did yeah, kind of go normally like, when you would see that kind of thing they'd be ac- <laughs> they'd actually be upright like in cylindrical tubes like you know like the back to tank like in right Strikes back or something or like you know the little the slightly like inclined like tubes or you see like rows and rows of clones or something they're just in like giant aquariums is what they're in yeah. they're, they're laying down they're prone and then they're like floating i mean i guess that probably uses less what i don't know anyway. and they have like i don't know it just it definitely gave me a moment of like holy crap what the hell yeah. is this like it's probably it easier works. for like the set designer to build than yeah cylindrical tubes but yeah still yeah. still does that same business like this is messed up yeah whatever Mulder has stumbled on is like really really weird yeah. so, it worked good job x-files so then we're back at georgetown university microbiology lab it is now 11 45 p.m oh, and okay. Dr. Carpenter wakes Scully up. Scully's fallen asleep in like this little lounge room. So she's like sleeping on this little couch thing. And Dr. Carpenter sits down next to her and she shows her the DNA sequence from the bacteria. And she explains that like in normal DNA, in, in DNA as we know it, there are four nucleotides. And what the tech has is a sequence of genes with gaps. And under any other circumstance, she she's like, this is super weird. Under any other circumstances, my first call would have been to the government. And so Scully's like, why? She's like, this shows a fifth and sixth nucleotide, like a pair that we don't have here, which means by definition, this bacteria is extraterrestrial. Yeah, which technically is not by definition, because that would require knowledge of a source that was explicitly off planet. Yes. But yeah. Anyway, so this scene kind of has multiple things that I'm like, what in it? Because one, like technically Scully is the government as far as Dr. Carpenter knows. But then again, also like, why is this circumstance different where she wouldn't call the government? That's never like expressed. Yeah, I don't know if it's because Scully brought it to her specifically. So instead of calling the, hey, we found something weird line that they probably have. Maybe because maybe you're already the government. So maybe she realizes that and that's why she didn't call the government because I don't have right. to because you're already here. So Scully has some lines though that are both embarrassing and hilarious like when the doctor goes over and wakes her up she's like oh dr carpenter i fell asleep and i'm like yeah no shit scully like she wouldn't realize that like she knows you fell asleep you were asleep dude whatever anyway i just for some reason that just bugged me um (laughs) because that's how i roll and then also so the doctor's like she's got the gene sequence printed out right and it's got all the you know the tags like you, you've seen like when they do like you know dna testing or you know trying to match up criminal things they've got the little they're ma- they're matching the markers on the gene sequence right and so she's like this is like a quote like you're looking at the gene sequence you seem to know something about molecular biology you know what you're looking at like that's a question and Cully's like I think those are genes. And I'm like, oh, no shit. She just told you it's a gene sequence. Oh, my God, Scully. Come on. Like, well, she just woke up. She just woke up. Like yes, I said, monkeys. You got any monkeys? I can stick my fingers in their cages because I really like doing that. <laughs> oh. She hasn't had a coffee yet, okay? It's 1145. <laughs> She's I just... think these are genes. <laughs> she just oh, told you it's a gene sequence. <laughs> oh. Anyway, Chris Carter, you wrote this shit. Come on. Come on. All this stuff that I have to rage on is your fault, Chris Carter. You wrote this. This is you. (laughs) Anyway, so Mulder leaves zoo storage and he's walking over to his car. But as he's walking over to his car, a van pulls up and we can't see the side, but it looks suspiciously like the same van 
that was outside Dr. Berube's house, driven by the guy who killed Dr. Berube. And two men in suits get out and they start walking towards Mulder. So he's like, oh, yeah, I'm just, I decided I'm going to go this way. So he's like, doing a little whistle. I can't whistle. So he's doing a little whistle and he starts walking their direction. And there's a guy on this side of the street coming towards him as well. So then he starts running and we know Mulder is good at running. So he runs and there's an alley. Boom, he goes down an alley. And then comes to the other end of the alley, and there's like a blind corner at the end of the alley. And I assumed like someone was totally going to jump out and get him, but he ducks behind the blind alley, and then boom, spins around and pulls his gun, and everybody's gone. So he lost them. He also hopped a fence, by the way, so he didn't trip over that. He like boom, like big old tall fence, hopped over it, and then was running, running, running. And he's also rocking that cool red line trench coat that he had in Lazarus. So nice. Yeah, he may have worn that other times too. I've only noticed it the two times, but yeah, I just I just like that like dramatic contrast of like the the Dracula cape action going on with the trench coat. Yeah, it's a nice trench coat. Yeah. So Mulder gets home to his apartment and his phone is ringing and Scully is the one calling and she's like, "I've been calling you for like hours. What's going on? Where have you been?" And she tells him about how the bacteria could be extraterrestrial. And Mulder's like, how soon can you be here? I have something I need to show you. So if Mulder's not even asking questions about how extraterrestrial the bacteria is, you know he's a little wigged out and also has other things on his mind. Yeah, and apparently, I guess she was calling his cell phone also because he's like, yes. oh, I left it in the car. I had to leave. And so that's why I don't have my phone. Right. So, yeah. So how soon can you get here? I got to show you something. So eight hours later. I know. There. <laughs> I know. it's the ne- oh, That was one of those things where it's I was 730 like. 7.30 a.m. <laughs> What? Apparently she couldn't be there that soon. I mean, she was in yeah. Georgetown. I mean, lab. it might Maybe be she... less than eight hours because it was 1145 when she was at Georgetown. That's true. And then we get Mulder. So still, it's like still nighttime. And then it's like 730 in the morning. Maybe she had to go just, home and shower. Or maybe she did come right over and <laughs> they had a consultation. I and mean, then maybe. afterwards, they drove up to Zoo Storage in scully's car because Mulder's car is still there yes and so before they go inside scully stops him and she's like i was wrong and she has a monologue about how like i don't know why i don't trust you because you have good instincts and like Mulder kind of jokes is like why why would you trust me no one else does <laughs> so but then she has this monologue about how like what i saw last night like it doesn't let me know what to believe basically like now i'm a believer i trust you whatever it was like really a clunky piece of dialogue and you could tell Chris carter wrote it because I'm not a fan of Chris Carter's writing. He has good ideas. But he's not really good. I know you like his dialogue. You think I he do like his dialogue. dialogue. This was not good. Anyway, and it's even got like the like the slow zoom on her as she's like giving her little monologue. Anyway, so they go in. Well, before they go in, Mulder's like, "Okay, I'm gonna tell you right now what I'm about to show you. Nothing sacred will hold." And I'm like. Think so because then everything's gonna be gone. But anyway, so yeah, I mean it's pretty obvious. Like all those men pulled up. You think they're gonna leave stuff there? They're not gonna yeah. leave stuff there, Mulder. I don't know why he thinks it's still there. Maybe just because we're coming at it from like a world of tropes where that's just obvious that this stuff's gonna be empty. Yeah. But like, I liked I liked her monologue. Yeah, they 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 pull up at the storage unit and they don't chase you. So why are they there, Mulder? I don't know. Yeah. No, they're there to clean, clear the place out with their van. And you can like the monologue. I mean, I didn't, I didn't, it was, I it was a little but... clunky. What I liked is that, and I'm going to get into this when we go through our season one wrap up, but like, I like that, like, 
Scully has, like, she's still a skeptic, and we'll find out as the series goes on. She doesn't just believe everything blanketly. She needs evidence. But, like, she's actually been presented with some pretty valid scientific evidence, and, like, she was upset that Mulder was chasing ghosts. And I think that that's the thing that bothers her all the time, because she's very pragmatic, and she wants to follow actual evidence, whereas Mulder tends to follow his gut. He tends to follow whatever tips people give him. He'll pull on any thread that's hanging in front of him. And I think Scully gets frustrated by that a little bit. But I think here she's realizing, like, he does have good instincts. And, like, she should know by now that he may be, like, pulling on threads, but he knows kind of which threads to pull. So, yeah, anyway. I don't know. It's that same thing that I've had qualms with before about when she has these changes like in uh, ebe when she suddenly becomes super paranoid because they find a pin with a bug in it and it's like all this other stuff has already happened and yet this is the <laughs> thing that sets you off and so now she's already forgotten that as well and now suddenly has come to the realization well, that oh things are going on it's like she just like she has like the worst memory ever apparently because she keeps forgetting every last time that she had the same realization I would kind of argue, though, because, like, the way that that episode ends with them basically finding nothing, like, Mulder goes in and talks to Deep Throat, and here's Deep Throat's story, however true that is, but, like, Deep Throat's a known liar, so I think even if Mulder, and I'm sure Mulder told Scully, I'm sure she probably doesn't believe a word of it, and she thinks Deep Throat's super shady, and so I think she just doesn't want to. Yeah, but there's been stuff that hasn't been related on like what someone. Oh, true. Them. Yeah. And we no. went over all that in EBE of all the yeah. things that have happened that she, I mean, yeah, she hasn't been seeing like people like floating being like Darth Vader choked and all that kind of stuff. But like, you know, the whole like men in black stuff. I mean, she's had, she's been like bugged by whoever, like there's stuff going on. And then it's always like, oh, now I realize what's going on. And then, you know, two episodes later, it's like, this yeah. is all hokey, Mulder. What are you doing? It's hard with TV because you have to kind of reestablish for everyone. Like she's what, just episode, written but... so badly, and also I think the fact that they have so many different writers on this first series. Yeah, like, I don't, I'm not sure they're all on the same page, and so in a way, I think they're all kind of writing that same set piece scene for Scully, with it maybe not aware or caring that someone else also did the same thing like two episodes ago. Yeah, three episodes ago. So yeah. That could it's, be part of it. It's rough. I mean, it's it's first season. There, there's growing pains, but yeah. Well, I, as we get to the end of this episode too, I think it's important that that's included in this episode for just bookend reasons. But it didn't necessarily need to be there or said that way. So <laughs> that you know, that kind of expression should have been in the show, regardless of how it was. Yeah. Worded. I mean, I mean, there's it's valid. She admits, like, hey, I was wrong. It's just the way it was handled. I was just like, yeah. Oh. I mean, it could have been written better for sure. And it does that same thing. This episode a lot. They do a lot of that, and I've kind of talked about this a little bit before. When Scully is being vulnerable or whatever, they do that where like you know her her freckles are more evident and she looks more like girlish as opposed to looking more like a hard nosed badass. And so they kind of do that. They kind of play that up in this one too a lot. But anyway, yeah. So, Mulder unlocks Baruby storage unit, and... Dun-dun-dun! It's totally empty. There's nothing Where there. Where was Geraldo Rivera? That's uh, right? <laughs> oh, that's a reference that certain people, the younger people, will never get. Well, anyway. and that, I, I was going to mention earlier, so Good Housekeeping was a magazine that was like, oh, look at how cool houses are and how clean, and it was like a... <laughs> Yeah, so we mentioned that earlier. And oh, yeah. No idea for, what that was. for the young kids among us. like Yeah. 
member magazines. Anyway, so yeah, there's nothing there. It's totally empty. And Mulder's obviously frustrated. He's like, no, there were tanks. There were six tanks and there were five bodies suspended in fluid and they were being monitored by computers. And she's like, what happened to them? Because like, you know, and it doesn't even seem like a real question. It's kind of like, uh, you just, mm, you got to say something. What happened? And Deep Throat is right there, apparently. So he just like walks in and he's like, well, they've probably been destroyed. And then Deep Throat is like, yeah, there are gaps in my knowledge. I can't tell you everything. And Mulder tells him that he was chased by these men. And Deep Throat's like, no, Mulder, if you were chased, you'd be dead. These people are highly trained. They wouldn't have left you alive if they wanted you dead. And Scully is like, oh, like Barube? And Deep Throat's like, yes. And so Mulder's like, Barube was working with alien DNA, wasn't he? And Deep Throat says Barube was killed because his work was too successful. And then he says, you're standing in the room where the first alien-human hybrid was created. It's weird that they were actually doing that, like, in the storage facility. That doesn't yeah. seem... Clean. Although it's not, like, a normal storage facility. It almost seems like the storage facility is kind of like a front for... And they just I don't have, know. Like, it, doesn't look, it, it doesn't look like any place where I would pay to keep my things, to be honest right. with you. It's kind it's of, a it's, big, it's a little run down. It's a huge I mean, space, too. That could be just a front, though. You're right. It could be made to look like a storage field that no one would want to use because it's actually used for, like, they should open up all the rest of those things. What's in there? Right? Cut off all those locks and just start opening shit. But nope, they don't do that. So Deep Throat tells them that originally there were six patient volunteers. They were all terminally ill. And so they agreed to this like very wild treatment. And thanks to the treatment, all of them began to recover. And the suspect, Dr. Sakar, who, you know, we've been chasing all episode, was the most successful case. He actually like cured his cancer and was back to living in the normal world and like living a normal life, except that now he has extra strength and this ability to breathe underwater. And Skelly's like, well, then what was he running from? If he was part of an experiment and he was like cured of his cancer, why is he hiding? And Deep Throat explains that he was hunted down because he wasn't supposed to survive. Nobody was. The government is interested in the technology of alien-human hybrids, so they want to know that it's possible, but they don't want actual hybrids out in the world. It's too much of a liability. Like, what if they have to go to the doctor or get blood drawn or something, or they're in an accident? As we saw in the ambulance, like someone's going to figure something out. And so it's like dangerous mm-hmm. to have them living in the world. And Scully's like, so why send us on this case? Like, why put us on this trail? And Deep Throat says they need evidence or no one's ever going to believe it. And so Scully's like, I'm going to go back to the lab and I'm going to get the lab work. And Mulder's going to go find Dr. Sakar. And again, I'm like, I don't think so. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Like, she should have taken the lab evidence when she was there, because it's not going to be there. Uh-huh. Back. Yeah, Ever. so Scully goes back to the lab, and she's like, she, I, she goes into their break room, apparently. Like, all the doctors <laughs> are, like, having coffee, sitting on the tables, and microwave in the background. I'm assuming that's not, like, an actual office. It looks like the break room, right, where they're hanging out. And she's like, hi, I'm looking for Dr. Carpenter. Like, I was working with her last night, and I haven't been able to find her. And they're like, oh, she was in a car accident. Her whole family she's dead yeah yeah it really sucks to be the person inadvertently involved in uncovering a conspiracy and then you're murdered for what you know that you didn't want to know in the first place yeah whoopsie oh and her whole family too that's just cold yeah it's even worse when you like you know didn't like 
collect any of the evidence that she basically gave you that night and like you just left it all there instead of like taking some with you like copies yeah, I maybe don't know why or you wouldn't take copies i guess she was in a hurry but like still she was in a hurry because Mulder said how fast can you get here and it only took her like eight hours so yeah <laughs> so then we're at the ruby residence in artist maryland and Mulder's back at Baruby's house and he still got them stolen keys that Baruby conveniently forgot to take to work the day that he was killed. So that's cool. And so he's going inside his house and then he walks inside and he hears something. So he pulls his gun and he goes upstairs and then he hears something in the attic. So he goes up through the little attic door, which I'm thinking that's gotta be like, that's not a good position to be in because like, you don't have a lot of defense if someone is up there when you're like just basically popping your head through a hole. Anyway. Yeah. So he goes in there and like, it doesn't look like there's anybody in there, but then Dr. Sakar like, boom, jumps him from behind and knocks his gun away. And he like, obviously he's got super strength. We find out. And so like, he like throws Mulder across the attic and then grabs him and like holds him up. And Mulder's like, I'll protect you. Don't worry. And then, boom, Oh, Dr. Scar falls down because there's a dude like in a big gas mask with a gun that shot him in the back of the neck. Because then we see like Dr. Scar laying on the ground and there's like green stuff coming out of his neck. So again, he's got green stuff coming out of his abdomen. He's got green stuff coming out of his neck. But he had like two bloody chest wounds on his chest. I don't know. So and then Mulder's like, oh, no. And then but then he starts. Oh, and he starts tearing up and he's like, ah, my eyes. So like the blood made Mulder like, oh. And then we cut some time has passed and Mulder is laying on his stomach and his hands are duct taped behind him and his face is messed up. Eyes all swollen and puffed up and his nose is bloody and his lips all super fat. And the one guy who basically been killing everybody is like, hey, your phone's ringing because Mulder's phone is ringing. Right. And he's like, your phone's been ringing off the hook. And Mulder's like, yeah, why didn't you pick it up for me? And he's like, well, you know, I really don't like talking on unsecured lines. Mm. So, yeah. Also, Mulder, David Duchovny, he has two piercings in his left ear because you can see the holes when they do a close-up on his messed up face. Oh, nice. I didn't notice that. Yeah. Yeah. So then Scully goes to Mulder's apartment and she, like, rings his unit on the call box and she throws looking outside. <laughs> I don't he know. lives. He lives in the same <laughs> building. He's there. He knows. I don't know why. I think it's so funny, but it's just hilarious that he's just like lurking as no, this whole time he's lived his- there. <laughs> That's how he knew how to throw the breaker. Like to remember when he like cut the breaker on Mulder's apartment when they met. Yeah. And I think that was an EBE too, was it? I don't remember. But yeah, so he lives there. We just don't know. Maybe and so, well, he knows. He's like he's like that neighbor that you have that like knows what goes on in the whole building who's always out front whenever you're like going to get the mail or drop yeah or like always in the hallway when you're trying to like dump your recycling is like wants to have a little chat you're like oh god no yeah yeah so anyway anyway, t throat's there and so he tells scully that Mulder's not home and he's like they have him and scully's like oh my gosh and so like but she's like they won't kill Mulder because he's too high profile and you have evidence they don't want exposed and Scully gets, you know, she's like, but I don't have evidence. They took it and they killed in order to get it. So she's like, she's having a rough day. And Deep Throat tells her that evidence still exists. It might be difficult to obtain, but she's a medical doctor. So he might be able to get her in. And then she could use this evidence to make a deal for Mulder and save his life. So apparently they won't kill Mulder right away, but like they're going to yeah. want in exchange. It's a little muddy. It's convenient. It was TV. I have to say though, Scully basically pulled a Jerry with the evidence is what she did. 
Oh, yeah. Remember Jerry? Yes, I poor, remember poor, Jerry. Rest in peace, Jerry. Yeah. Um, he basically did the same thing. So he lost evidence. And so did Scully. Yeah. So, she taken I mean, it's in a way, so did Mulder. I mean, I guess, you know, nowadays, obviously, like if you were Mulder and you went there, you'd whip out your phone and like start taking photos, right, of all those people in the tanks. He would have to actually have a camera back then. Yeah. But yeah. No one's really oh. doing evidence in this episode. Well, yes. to be fair, they're kind of working off the off the beaten path here. So then we cut to Fort Marlene, which is a high containment facility. And this is the facility that Deep Throat is going to get Scully into. So she enters the building and she's looking at the camera. She's got a nice little name badge and she looks at the camera over the door and she shows the guard her badge. He buzzes her inside and then she uses that card to swipe the elevator and she's going to go up to the seventh floor, which is cryology. And then she swipes it again to go in the cryology room and then it unlocks, but then she can't get in the storage room. She swipes it and then she's just like going to the door, like doesn't realize it, like it doesn't click. She doesn't like wait for it to open. They're not like that fancy, right? But she doesn't hear the click. So she stands there. She doesn't like try the door or anything. But then there's like a big glass right there. And so she like looks in and there's a security officer sitting in the booth behind the glass. And he's like, what's your name and affiliation? And so she's like, Dana Scully, US government. And he's like, okay. And he's like, what's your password? And she's like, And then some time passes and he's like, what's your password? And so then she has a boom inspiration. And she says, purity control. That's what was on the bottom of that beaker. And he's like, okay, cool. He unlocks the door, click, click, click. And he has her sign in with a check on a little clipboard. And then she goes into the room and there's these rows and rows of tanks of liquid nitrogen. Might be some heads in there. Who knows? Anyway, so she goes in. And she opens up the one that's got the number on it that she was given by Deep Throat, I'm assuming. And she's got she's got the big rubbery gloves on. She opens the tank and reaches inside and pulls out this alien fetus inside, like a little metal armature kind of thing. It's like got like things on its head and holding its body. Not like in a glass tube, like you think it would be, possibly. I guess maybe because glass. I don't know how glass would handle that look at nitrogen, but so it's just like open. So it's like there's a metal frame around it right. and then the alien baby. It's kind of held by it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess not technically baby fetus. It's a fetus. Yeah. Yeah. So the building on Fort Marlene, which looks just like an office building for some reason, it's not, I don't see how it's a fort, but anyway, it's got a big A on it, which could be the artist group. Ooh. Although it can't be because Artist Group was incorporated in 2003 and doesn't exist anymore because there was an asset forfeiture in 2009. So, oh, damn. I yeah. thought you uncovered some secret labs. Well, and it, well it's weird. It's still listed on Google Maps. So as Artist Group LLC, even though it hasn't existed for like over a decade. So I don't know what's going on there. But yeah, like I said, I look up all the weird, crazy shit. So... <laughs> 
Scully is the worst undercover cop ever. She's not good at lying. Scully is no, not a good liar. Because she's she's walking in there like it's the job she hates. Like she just has this look on her face the whole time. Like, oh, I wish I wasn't here. It's constantly like looking over her shoulder and like hesitating every time she has to scan something. And it's like like one of the dudes is like just kind of like shuffling down the hallway and like she's all walking like and he like turns and looks at her like what's up with that lady so yeah (laughs) Yeah. but then also liquid nitrogen don't drop the baby i know you know what happens if it's liquid nitrogen so yeah not good so then scully's parked on the side of a road and it's kind of like this overpass i guess it isn't used that much or there's no traffic yeah because she's not really to the side she's basically in the road she's basically just parked in the street in the middle yeah it's not a great meeting place but i guess maybe it's not a very popular overpass i don't know and another car pulls up behind her. So she gets out and she's holding a cardboard box that's been like duct taped closed. <laughs> and Deep Throat is in the car. And so he asks if she has it. And she's like, yep. And he's like, good. They're willing to make the exchange. So clearly he's talked to these people who have Mulder. And then he asks for the package. And she's like, no, I'm going to make the exchange. And then Deep Throat's like, you know, in 1987, these men injected some kids with alien dna as an experiment and told their parents they were routine vaccinations so these are the kinds of people that we're talking about like they're willing to mess oh, with deep throw don't do that anti-vaxxers are going to be like no i'm gonna get alien dna i don't want a vaccine don't do that deep <laughs> <sighs> um and it's like these are the people we're dealing with so then a van pulls up and so scully kind of like gives him the box because like i guess she doesn't have time to fight with him anymore And so she goes back to her car and like she sits in her car and she watches Deep Throat hand off the package and the man from the van like takes the package and then he shoots Deep Throat and then he dumps Mulder out of the van and like speeds away. And Scully runs towards them. She checks Mulder first. He's alive. He's, you know, not in great shape, but he's, he's okay. And so then she runs over to Deep Throat and he's just like, not in good shape and he just says he kind of ekes out the words trust no one it takes him a few tries and then he dies maybe yeah i wasn't sure i mean maybe we'll find out but because i know he at some point in the series does die i thought it was season two though so i was kind of like is he dead or unconscious but then i was reading and it's like oh yeah he died so apparently chris carter (laughs) was like well we want everyone to have the feeling that anyone on the show is expendable so we thought it'd be good to like kill off a main character in the season finale which fine it's a season finale you can do that but yeah i mean if you want to make sure if you want people to think that anyone is expendable you kill either Mulder or scully no then it wouldn't be the show i'm just saying if you want to make everyone believe (laughs) that anyone is expendable you kill either Mulder or scully Right. That's how you do it. Because you're telling me like, oh, anyone except for Mulder and Scully are expendable because like they could have totally killed Mulder. Why is Mulder even alive? There's no reason for Mulder to be alive. They should have just put a bullet in his head and got rid of him. Otherwise, they're going through this whole thing. They're going through this whole thing to get back an alien that they already had. And they could have probably stopped her from getting if they really wanted to. But yeah, I'm not really sure. So maybe they wanted an excuse to kill Deep Throat. And so and how did she get that out of that facility? Like it wasn't going to fit in her briefcase. Um and I I actually walk out with it. I wondered the same thing and I was thinking maybe there's a back door or there's a back door. There could be a back door. <laughs> Again, like EBE, where we Always. have like this alien. It just we have this opens place where the street. This is where we keep the aliens, but then also there's this door that just opens to the outside that's easy right. to get to I if mean, you just go you through one know. door. Clearly, they don't have the best facilities. But um, also, maybe they let Scully take it because, like, maybe 
the idea was that as her, you know, her badge allows her to take stuff with her for experimental purposes or something, but maybe like the people in charge are just like, well, we're going to let this play out because then we can have this other sample that's locked in this lab and we don't want it in the lab anymore. So we're going to let Scully. Yeah. I don't know, but that is a good question. I just like, especially because she was so like, I don't belong here. Let me swipe this badge and go into this place. Like, how would she even have like managed to get it out of there without like drawing attention? Like, like serious attention. Like everyone couldn't have been in on it. I mean, I guess they could have, but then it gets more ridiculous. Yeah. So. I don't think you're supposed to think about it that hard. Also, I'm going to guess that she didn't like take photos of the alien fetus or go have x-rays done on the alien fetus or take a tissue sample of the alien fetus because she had it obviously for a couple hours because it was daylight when she got it. And now it's like the middle of the night. So but I'm going to guess she didn't do that. She probably just like put it in a box with some ice packs from the freezer and then like, here, take this. So I'm going to guess. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. We'll find out. But I'm going to guess that she didn't do <laughs> I don't think she did. And maybe she didn't have time. Maybe she was scared too. Maybe she, who knows. Yeah, it is, it is kind of bad that she didn't, though, because that would be good for them to have. Or maybe, like, her having that would have gotten her killed, so maybe it's good that she didn't. They wouldn't know she had it. Yeah, it's true. They wouldn't know. Unless, if she unless they were samples, watching her, They might know, but, but yeah. not photos. Anyway, we're in Washington, D.C., and it's 13 days later, so almost two weeks have passed. And Scully wakes up, and she looks at the clock, and it's 11.22 p.m., and then her phone rings. So she answers it, and it's Mulder. And he tells her that they're shutting down the X-Files. And Mulder says they're being reassigned to other departments. Skinner basically called him and told him that word came down from on top that the X-Files is dissolved and they're both going to be doing other things. And so Scully's like, well, what are you going to do? And Mulder says, well, I'm not going to give up as long as the truth is out there. And then he hangs up. And then we cut to the cigarette smoking man and he's back in the same warehouse full of evidence that we saw in the pilot. And he walks down the, the hall and like put, he pulls out a box and it's got similar. So he's holding the pickled baby alien fetus, which is what I'm calling it. Cause it looks like it's now in like, it's now suspended in liquid. Yeah. They put it in a jar now with like, I'm assuming from all the height or something. Yeah. So yeah. And he puts it into a box with several other similar fetuses that are also in jars. And he slides the box back into place, just like he did with the little nose insert thing. And he walks back down the hall and he closes the blue door that has the Pentagon map on it, just like we saw in pilot. And that's the end. Yep. So that's it. The X-Files is shut down. guess it's over. Skinner's a jerk. Yeah. We hope you've enjoyed the podcast. I want to rewatch is hosted by Tori and Nick and recorded at black cat studios episode production, editing and mixing is by. <laughs> I do. I do like how they bookended the season though. I got to say like, it was cool. Cause like, it's basically the exact same ending, which raises it is the, it is the exact, exact same ending. And yeah, like from, that the, was, from the point where he like slides the box in and they do the long shot, that is the exact same shot. I actually went back through because I was wondering like they actually could have used the opening shot as well when he because he comes around the corner and is walking down the hallway, and then they could have just like reshot the part where he's like putting stuff in the box, but they did reshoot that first part too because the numbers on the sides are different. But at the very end, that long shot, everything is exactly the same. It's the exact same shot. They didn't oh, reshoot wow. it. It's oh, wow. The, it's, they just used that same clip. Oh, wow. So, yeah. 
William B. Which Davis. I mean, which is, I mean, why why would you reshoot it? Like, yeah, you're going to do the exact same thing. I did yeah. like it though. I thought it was really effective because plus he would technically be walking down the same hallway because where the door was. Right. So, so yeah. Nice. <laughs> but good bookend. I agree. Good way to. Yeah. No, I thought it was good. It was a good way to yeah. kind of like. Pilot and Erlenmeyer flask. I mean, especially because the series is over now, right? I mean, oh, <laughs> X Files are shut down. Well, actually, there's going to be a season two. What? Surprise. And apparently, part of the reason behind shutting the X Files down is like they wanted to end it on a cliffhanger. So they thought, like, with TV, cliffhangers are complicated because you want to like resolve the story so people don't walk away feeling like they got cheated, which newer TV shows need to learn more. <laughs> I won't name any names, but. There's, there's a way to do it. And then they can end it with like, oh, the X-Files are shut down. Ooh, what's going to happen? But then also, Jillian Anderson was pregnant at this point. And so they knew when they started filming season two, she was going to be very visibly pregnant. And they thought it would be easier to film if they could keep Mulder and Scully separated because then they could have Scully in situations where she's not going to be, they're not going to need her to be like running around and doing stuff with Mulder. And so Mulder can do that stuff and they can put her in positions where they can film around the pregnancy. Yeah, because she is, there's a couple seasons here where she's noticeably like pregnant or has like some like pregnancy weight gain. You can definitely tell there's like something going on. And I think that's been in the other episodes also. I mean, it's not like I, we talked about it was in Fire where I said that it seemed like they were shooting her like she was pregnant, but like she could not have been pregnant in that episode. It was too early. Right. So no, she's this probably is four about, months long, probably. yeah, she's probably about four months pregnant because they probably filmed this like in late April, maybe possibly. I don't, I don't know what their film schedule is, but it seems like they kind of do like just in time for season one. Like they were really pressed for time in all these episodes. So they may have even pushed it into May when they were doing filming, but definitely probably end of April. And her daughter was born September 25th of 1994. So she was probably, yeah, like four months pregnant at this right. point when this one's filmed. So, so yeah. yeah. So, so I was, was just, I was just being clairvoyant. I was like, Oh, she's going to be, <laughs> I was getting just feelings in my head, like, yeah. psychic, like just random psychic powers. I don't really know which psychic powers they are. <laughs> But you just have a yeah. variety of psychic powers. I just have all the psychic powers. When is convenient yeah. for the plot. It's convenient for the plot. <laughs> yeah. That's how it goes. And by the way, an Erlenmeyer flask is the flask that we saw when like Mulder holds it up and like, it's got the brown liquid in it. The yeah. One it's that, like the triangle bottom with the little tube on top. Yeah. yeah. I looked it up cause I didn't know if it was like something significant or who Erlenmeyer was. So I was like, what's going on with that? Oh. But yeah, it's just that kind of, flash. I knew that cause I took a lot of science. In high I school. did not know. So yeah. I just, if you, if you yeah. like me did not know, that's what an Erlenmeyer flask is. So yes. So I'm yep. not aware. I learned this. <laughs> I'm learning things. Yeah, good choice because they could have called it. I mean, purity control would have been a weird name for a title. So yeah. that, was a good, that was a that was a good title name. I don't know who's in charge of the title names. They do a pretty good job, I think, overall on the title names. I think they probably do a better job on some of the title names than they did on some of the episodes. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So so we're gonna rate this one. I guess we are. I guess we are. Okay, let me pull up the spreadsheet. Yeah. All right. So I. This episode, obviously, I mean, they all have issues. It's TV. They all have issues. But, like, I, I really like this episode, actually. Like, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was well done. They're obviously, like, the whole, like, obviously the evidence is going to be gone. That's so clear that as the viewer, you know they're going to walk into, like, an empty storage unit. You know Scully's not getting 
her scientific facts about alien bacteria because that's just never going to happen at least not they're just so bad at policing it for like federal agents like they don't like i realize they're not like on official case at this point but like you would still be using the same method you use if you were doing it you're trying to find yeah well and i think scully you know it's at a lab the scientist has all this data she's got her phone number clearly because she tried to call her so like i don't think she thought that she's going to lose access to this data I'm a paranoid person and I would have taken it with me because I wouldn't want to. I mean, like, total, like important. you're dealing with stuff that like is very strange, like chain of custody. Cause like, who's going to say you go back and like that doctor's going to hand you back a vial that then you're going to have like secondarily tested to make sure that it's valid. And then be like, Oh, it's monkey pee. Yeah. Like, I mean, you need like, yeah. Anyway. I mean, I'm sure she thought it was safe, but like, yeah, she should have taken it. So there, there's some minor issues. And again, like I liked, I liked Scully's declaration of like, I'm with the, and I think it's necessary to bookend because in the first episode, Scully's whole purpose is to debunk the X-Files and be this person who's reporting. And clearly throughout the series, she has shifted that position many times and she has, or she's gotten closer to, you know, being on Mulder's side. And then many times, like in Tombs, she straight up says like, I'm on your side, Mulder. So, like, this time I think she was genuinely frustrated with Deep Throat because he led them on a wild goose chase before, and she thinks that's what's happening this time, and she doesn't want to do that again. And I think it's great that she apologizes for that because clearly <laughs> they found alien bacteria, so it wasn't quite a wild goose chase this time. Yeah, I just I, I just thought the speech was unnecessary, especially yeah. with, like, the added bit of, like I said, like, you know, like the slow zoom in on her. Oh, yeah. For that no, dramatic that's... emphasis, and it's just like, she had to say, like, you know what, Mulder, I was wrong it's a little over dramatic but i you know yeah. didn't i liked it actually i saw that and I, I don't know i liked that scene i don't know so i like this episode a lot i think it wasn't i think i'm gonna give it an eight because it's it's eight. not quite fallen angel to me but it's okay i felt like it's the ending for the first season that i would want more or less like i can't really complain too much okay so it's equivalent to darkness falls and eve for you yeah i mean i thought it was and, good well and you're we'll talk more about this later but also ice You've, uh, yeah I've, I've moved ice up i've bumped up yeah yeah i mean i think it's a good episode i think it's solid i mean it's it's not like ebe where it just feels like they're running all over the place chasing nothing like i felt like this it had a logical like every step felt like it made sense to go from one point to the other i think it's funny that a lot yeah, of the exposition was, comes from Deep Throat lurking outside Mulder's apartment. That was a little yeah. silly. But they have yeah. to get it in somewhere. So it's like whatever works, I guess. Or the storage facility. Yeah. But, yeah. Zoo storage. So I agree. It is better than EBE. And so I'm going to give it a five. Nice. Yeah. I just, yeah. I was, I don't know. I was underwhelmed. <laughs> with this episode there's just so many things i was just like what what are you doing like you're just not doing your job good like stop what are you doing yeah. and the monkey cage thing i was like scully scully yeah scully i mean yeah scully was like like when she was in medical school she forgot what her birthday was and in this episode <laughs> she apparently forgot all her like science training because like she's sticking her finger in monkey cages and she's like I think these are genes. I mean, she didn't say it like that, but barely, like she just handed you a thing that, and she told you it was genes. What do you think you're looking at? Uh, genes? Yeah, good job. So, and doctor actually even says that 
you're right. And then goes on to explain everything, which was kind of funny the way she said, you're right. But yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I always feel like I'm like just banging on Scully and I feel bad, but it's like, she's just written awful. Yeah. I don't, I don't think she's written that badly. I think this, she, I think they keep putting her in positions and this episode is no exception where like they need to move the story along. And so like, I don't know why they needed her to stick her finger in the monkey cage. <laughs> that was, no, that was, was no need. That was like, that did nothing. That added nothing. Like I think she it wasn't just, like, she wasn't like bit by the monkey if, and they found like weird plant saliva in the, in the monkey bite or something like yeah. that would have been a reason. Or they could but, have just had her ask like, why do you have the monkeys? And he could have gotten short tempered and like frustrated and said, they're for the yeah. experiment. Kick Which is out. what he did anyway. Yeah. So that's what yeah. I mean is they could have gotten to that place without that. But I don't know. Maybe she likes monkeys. I mean, that's not a bad thing. I like that I she know. likes animals. I did go back and watch <laughs> that scene again because it's kind of. I don't know if that was like the direction or if, she, if in actuality, Julianne was just like, what am I doing the scene? Because like, while Mulder is talking to the doctor, she's just like standing there, mm-hmm, like looking around, like her eyes are rolling. Oh, monkeys. And then goes over just like, <laughs> oh I love the idea that Julianne Anderson just got excited about the monkeys and they used that take. Oh, but she's just like standing there like oh, I'm just gonna happy. stand here and do nothing while the man talks mm-hmm. oh, monkeys. <laughs> and it's like, like oh my god <laughs> oh, but you know it's, it's funny because that's exactly what I would do though like, <laughs> I, maybe that doesn't bother me because like I mean it bothers me I think it's ridiculous but like at the same time like I would totally do that I would be like oh monkey come here let me let me poke your little monkey face he's so cute <laughs> Oh. And that is why you are a Scully fan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, yes. <laughs> it's really funny, and we'll talk about this in the season wrap-up that we're going to talk about soon that we're going to do next week. I, yeah. When I was a kid, I definitely paid more attention to Mulder and, like, followed his story a little closer. And, like, I don't know. And now rewatching this, I feel like I'm relating to Scully a lot more. <laughs> so I don't know what about me and my life has changed but i'm not sure who i'm relating to maybe i'm relating to the monkey i don't know the cigarette smoking man (laughs) maybe i may i may have become yeah i may have become the enemy so you know what's funny though is this episode lacked it, it doesn't need it and i'm not saying it should have had it but what i would have expected this episode to have is like a scene with skinner where he's like you guys can't keep chasing this or whatever and like kind of tries to warn them that they're treading on dangerous ground or like that they can't keep chasing that because it's not an official case or something like that. And I was yeah, for someone surprised. who eventually becomes a season regular, basically yeah. almost, almost like a co-star in later seasons. Oh yeah. From he understand. Absolutely does. He's only in this once in this right. whole, only but in one episode. It's just kind of weird. Cause like, I don't know. You would kind of, I guess maybe just from watching too many cop shows, you expect that scene where the boss is like, you guys need to stay in line or whatever, but it's just kind of weird that it lacks that. Um, again, doesn't need it. I just yeah, that was something where I kind of I mean, noticed it wasn't there, and I was like, "Oh, it's kind of interesting. They don't have they that." Use, they used that time doing something else they didn't need to do. So yeah, they didn't have time to do that. And too. I mean, you can definitely see why they would shut down the X Files because Deep Throat died, and th- they were on the street with him. So clearly, there's been some kind of internal investigation that has determined. Yeah, because we don't get any sort of like did Scully call an ambulance and they took Deep Throat away. Like we just like last thing we see is like. Deep Throat is like, trust no one. Uh, and he's out. And then we get like a long shot of like 
her crouched down next to deep throat and poor Mulder's like still laying there on his stomach with like his hands duct tape behind his back, just like laying there on the ground in the middle of the road. So, and then we cut to Scully's right. days later. But you so. can definitely extrapolate like why this has led to the X-Files being shut down, but we never get any yeah. actual reasoning for that. No, that's why we don't know if he's really dead. Yeah. So we'll see. Be an alien hybrid too. Who knows? Ooh, maybe. That would be cool. That'd be a weird flex, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was the Erlenmeyer flask, and that was season one of The X-Files. Yay! So next week, we're doing a wrap-up, and you should join us. Yeah, we're going to talk about just different stuff, like how the season worked overall, mm-hmm. different thoughts we had. We'll go over our ratings. We'll go over our revised ratings. Yeah, we're going to change some of those based we on the whole may season. have some questions for each other possibly or just yeah. general questions yeah so next week join us we're going to talk about the whole of season one as an entire entity and what worked mm-hmm. what didn't what we really loved what we didn't love so much and you know just give our general thoughts on the whole first we season. may or may not talk about bigfoot boobs we might we might talk about bigfoot boobs yeah. <laughs> mostly because it's I don't know. It's funny. Funny. Hashtag <laughs> Bigfoot boobs. <laughs> yes. I am 12. Follow, follow us on Twitter if you want to. Anyway. So. Yeah, we're at Rewatch X-Files. Yeah. Plug. We also have an Instagram that I'm finding it increasingly harder to get photos on too because Instagram keeps changing how it works. For an image only social media site, it is the most limited yeah they're really images ever like you can't do gifts you can't do this you can't do that yeah yeah and they've made it harder too because i used to be able to like take a photo with the instagram app and then it would save the photo and then i could like compile it into like a multiple shot or something and now it won't let me do that anymore oh i would i've never taken a photo through instagram i just yeah well with the trading cards i'm doing it because it's easier to frame them that way so i was i was doing it that way for a while but they changed the app and now won't let me do it that way so (laughs) anyway i'm just trying to skip the step of like having to email it to myself and edit it and then get it back on my phone because you can't upload to instagram from your computer god forbid you can't message so it's just yeah it's just a pain so anyway don't love instagram don't put that in in case they ever want to sponsor us (laughs) instagram sponsors no i don't care i mean they're they're facebook so yeah basically boo ironically which has more image options than instagram yeah Yeah, i don't have problems with images on facebook i don't know yeah lovely so join us next week yeah instead of saying this again let's just do the credits okay i want to rewatch is hosted by tori and nick and recorded at black cat studios Episode production, editing, and mixing is by Lazian Productions. Our music is Dark Science by David Hillowitz, and the truth is what we make of it by the Agrarians. T-shirts available now. Also, I Heart Bigfoot Boobs T-shirts available now. I'm excited for that one, and I can't wait to wear it. It's mostly a Twitter joke that we had going. I don't know if you follow us on Twitter, but, like, there's a Jersey Devil trading card that just has, like, Bigfoot boobs, and it just made me laugh really hard because I am 12 years old. Yeah, and for a couple episodes, you could not do the credits when we were including <laughs> Instagram in the credits. No, because I kept thinking of the Bigfoot boobs, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to stop laughing. So anyway, yeah, <laughs> it cracks me up. I'm gonna get a T-shirt. I'm excited. Hashtag Bigfoot boobs. Yep. 
You can find us at IWantToRewatch.com or wherever podcasts are found. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And you can always share this podcast with a friend. If they like the X-Files, we'd love to have them join us. Speaking of which, be sure to join us next week as we wrap up Season 1 of The X-Files. And try to figure out if the the truth truth is still still out there. The truth is what we make of it. is not cooperating today it's that's so okay crazy. we're gonna do it two more times right. oh my god i don't know what is with it <clears throat> anyway good job x-files i can talk